tired. So tired. Overtired. Hey, I, Christina, I actually don't know whose week it is to do the intro. I think it's your week, Brett. Is it? Okay. I think so. Hey, everybody, you're listening to Overtired, and I'm Brett Terpstra, and I am here, as always, with Christina Warren. Christina, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired, um, uh, per the name of the show. Perfect. But, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm good. That is, that, yeah, I'm I'm in kind of the same boat. I got up at 4.30 this morning, which is an hour before I intended to get up, so I'm I got that like tinge of tired, but also I went to bed at like nine thirty, so it's not like right. a horrible, horrible night's sleep. I got a good seven hours. I'm okay. I'm not at my like hundred percent fully awake, but but I can make this work. Excellent. I have a I have a hard out for work shit today, so this episode might not be the full sixty minutes, but I would I would say we'll get a full fifty minutes out of it. Yeah, this will be, we're, and we'll, we'll give you your, your overtired's money worth. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll cram 60 minutes of content into just 50 minutes. That's our guarantee. That is our guarantee. So do I sound good? I was going to say, you sound really good. I, I, I finally, after years of buying like one, maybe $200 microphones, and like then, you know, a year later buying a new microphone, I figured... I'm just going to do the thing I always should have done and get the Shure SM7B. So now I have a, I have the legendary vocal podcasting radio microphone that is kind of the industry standard and it's like 400 bucks, but I shouldn't have to buy another microphone now. No, no, I have one too. I'm not using it because I've needed to set mine up. It's a whole thing, but I've used it previously when we've recorded and uh, it is an amazing mic. It's the Michael Jackson mic. Is it really? Yes. What does that mean exactly? uh, That means I'm almost positive that that is the mic that he used when he recorded Thriller. Oh, now, like it's a microphone that inappropriately touches children. No, no, it is not a molesting uh, uh, microphone. Uh, it, it, it is uh, the pejorative. It is not a pejorative. It's actually like in a good way. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm sure that the shore people at this point probably are like conflicted. They're like, okay, on the one hand, one of the greatest albums of all time. And and Quincy Jones, you know, certainly one of the greatest producers of all time and, and, and you know, fantastic recording. On the other hand, the legacy of Michael Jackson uh, is, shall we say, complicated? Yeah. So, like, the Me Too movement really brought the idea of uh, separating art from the artist uh, to the forefront. But Michael Jackson was kind of the first time that in my life we had to deal with, like... Yeah this amazing body of work and this mm-hmm. irredeemable person and being able to appreciate that work without justifying the actions of yes. a, a monster. No, I agree with that. And I think what's, for me anyway, what's harder with Michael, and it's, and it's an interesting thing because I almost feel like I have to separate, like I, I can see Michael Jackson before 1993, which was when the first allegations against him became public. And after 1993, and I kind of feel like post-1993 Michael Jackson, like, uh, even the music, I'm like, I, I, I want nothing to do with it. Um, the, the pre-stuff, you know, I can still really respect. 
but it did he do anything good after 93 i don't think he did is is actually i think <laughs> what helps there but it, but the, the the broader i think challenge for me is that i'm like i'm not even really i don't even really want to engage with any of that content right yeah like it, it's like i i don't know, i don't even want to know like to to find out like i think that there was like because he had the least marie presley era and there there was his his history you know double anthology thing and i don't know there might have been like one or two hits there but but i think that it was uh you know it was kind of like like black or white white is probably like the ironically the titled the ironically titled I, I black know. or white featuring macaulay culkin who to be fair has never claimed any impropriety uh, and I believe him. I think that there'd be no reason that that he would like be. I mean, look, it's not anyone's business, but but I feel like you know other people come forward. Like there wouldn't be any reason for him to to not come forward. Yeah. Um. I also feel like Macaulay Culkin was probably not an ideal victim for him because he was so incredibly like famous. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Like so- Art Kelly wouldn't fuck with another pop star. Exactly. Like, like, right. Like even, even R. Kelly, it's like, okay, he, he groomed and, and really fucked with Aaliyah and, and like illegally married her. And then her parents found out and were like, we're, we're putting an end to this because she is 15 years old, R. Kelly. And, and, and you've released an album that you produced called age, you know, is just a number. Um, uh, but, but they like, you know, you know, squashed all of that, but like, after her star was on the rise, it wasn't like he was going back to the Aaliyah, like, you know, like, I guess, yeah. faucet or whatever. I don't know. So can you, do Do you still listen, like Ryan Adams did that Taylor Swift cover album? Yeah. That was, it was pretty fantastic. Like, can you still Amazing. listen to that? So it's, it's weird because I was such a huge Ryan Adams fan, like for, you know, for 20 years. Like I've, I've been a fan of his since high school and he's very good um, at what he does he's very good at what he does and it's hard because when the allegations came out like that gutted me i was just like god this this is hard i don't like go out of my way necessarily to listen to his work but it stuff does come up like on my weekly apple like my favorites yeah. playlist i don't skip it yeah like you know i i don't go out of my way to listen to it but i don't skip it but it's weird because like you know um, I actually wasn't that familiar. I, I'd heard of her before. I, I knew of her, but I wasn't like super familiar with her work. But Phoebe Bridgers, who I really, really like, was someone who came forward like in that New York Times expose and was like, he groomed me and he was gross and he was, you know, inappropriate and whatever. And um, and I really like her work now. And so it was like this weird conflicted feeling, right? And then like you hear from Mandy Moore and you hear from other people and you're like, fuck, like this guy sucks. Um the thing that slightly makes it easier with him, I think, at least for me, is I can somehow, I can be like, okay, well, what he did is terrible and I'm not defending it, but it's not child molestation. Yeah. Like, but, but yeah, but it's hard. Like art versus artist is just such a hard thing. Like what, when I found out Roald Dahl was an anti-Semite and like right. a terrible person, like that crushed me, but I still have like well, exceeding and, love for his books like, from childhood walt disney was a nazi so i think there's this weird line that i i unconsciously draw like i i i used to i used to appreciate not love but appreciate marilyn manson's work 
Uh, yes. Like he had a lot of songs, everything from like Coma White up through uh, Seven Day Benj. Like there were a lot of songs that I was like, these are cool. This is, this is, I like this. But as soon as like he got taken down, I can no longer listen to it. It comes up and I just skip it because I just, I never liked yeah. it enough. But like, I'm not going to give up on Disney. I'm not going to stop watching Marvel movies because of like Dis Walt Disney's character. No, absolutely. Uh, well, I think Disney is easier to, in a sense, in that like it wasn't one person. It was a collective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was the CEO and he might have created the the Mickey Mouse character, although that's debatable too, you know, but but he was the primary, you know, author or whatever. But like, you know. Yeah. Well, and you could say the same about like Harvey Weinstein. Oh, and, yeah. Harvey like, Weinstein, I, I, I don't like, look, he was a producer. Um, uh, if there was like a film that we knew of definitively that like the way it was made, there's something really terrible that happened. Sure. That's one thing. But I'm not going to not watch Miramax stuff because A, in most cases, like whatever he he did, all the horrible things that he did, like are are usually like, look, art, a lot of art comes from pain. A lot of terrible things happen behind the scenes with kind of anything. And if we try to, at least for me, if we try to apply those sorts of moral standards, we could never enjoy or consume anything or talk to anyone right because we've all in some way descended from people who have done bad things um <laughs> yes you know what i mean <laughs> yes but but like um yeah but yeah for for walt disney is one of those things there's like i'm not gonna revere the guy and like maybe when i see like the statue of him at disney world i'm like in my head i'm kind of like lol but yeah i i don't i don't have that that same issue same thing with like um like like you said with with you know Miramax stuff like it's like okay yeah the guy who ran the studio was a really really shitty person are there any movies that like were really good but have a sorted enough backstory that that people won't watch them anymore hmm i can't think of any offhand i can't either i'm sure there are some oh, let I'm us know i'm sure well, but and I'm trying to think like if you knew like how it happened, like I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that there are some like if you like there were like rumors enough. I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people have problems with Woody Allen stuff, um, and I and I can understand that because he's close to his sure, work. Sure, yeah, that's and, true. Um, Amy stars in a lot of it. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like, like he's he's not just like the auteur in the sense of like the director and the writer, but he is often you know the star and whatnot. And so I could see people having a problem with that for me like again it's one of those things i can't see myself choosing to engage with his new films but i am not gonna discount you know the artistic merit of his of his past things we just killed 10 minutes of our show talking about something that was in no way on our list i know what's I the know. point of lists even what is the point of lists even no what i mean but we got there because You've got your brand new mic, which is awesome. <laughs> yes. In a very uh, ADHD conversational path, we, we did. We got from uh, a new microphone to Walt Disney as a Nazi in under 10 minutes. I love it. Nicely done. So did I tell you uh, about the new, new tricks I figured out with having multiple stream decks? No, you didn't. 
So we talked about how you did like your um, touch bar yeah. know, thing, but but, yeah. but no, we didn't. I didn't hear about the, the multiple Stream Deck tricks. I actually have my Stream Deck set up to toggle my touch bar simulator on and off, but that is not part of this trick. So on my, I have a, a what fifteen key, yeah, fifteen key Stream Deck that sits flat next to my keyboard where my left hand can control it. Right. And then I have a six button stream deck that sits the mini. on yeah. yeah on my desk in front of me where it's like super visible and I can hit it with the index finger of my right hand. But the I love that uh you can assign applications to change profiles. So when I switch to like VLC, the the video controls come up and if I switch to Spotify the Spotify yeah. controls come up, but when you switch away from the app, uh, it, it switches the, the profile back. Uh, okay. So it, it's 50, 50, sometimes it switches the profile back. And what good is a Spotify controller? If you can't control it when you're not actually in Spotify, like if I have the Spotify app loaded up, I don't need a fucking stream deck. Um, and then sometimes it fails to switch when you leave the app, leaving a, a profile that has like no relevance outside of the app. So I've kind of given up on the app based profile switching. And I just made on my 15 button stream deck, I have a, a button called mini. And when I hit it, it brings up a, a page of uh, mini profiles. So I can just hit like zoom or VLC or screen flow. And it loads up on the six button, uh, mini, it loads up a profile specific to whatever I request. So it's a little more manual, mm -hmm. but it gives me like the nice thing about it is if you are working with just a stream deck mini, you always have to put exit buttons. So one of your buttons always goes to. Right. Like exiting and five. So, so you're always losing. So you're losing like, you know, like a, like a sixth of, of your yeah. and, buttons. And six buttons is way more handy than five buttons. Like if it but, were, if it were on my 15 and I was losing one, 14 isn't that much different than 15. Exactly. But, but, but six and five. Yeah. It's like, it's like a significant amount. Yeah. So, so being able to switch the profiles manually from my, with my left hand has given me like a whole range of new options on the mini. I love it. It's a, it's a cool trick. I think everyone should have two, two stream decks. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have the XL. So I kind of have like <laughs> the equivalent of that. Um, I but, just worry the XL would take me too long to find the button I'm looking for. Yeah. That is kind of an issue with it. But I, it, for me, it was one of those things where I knew that the, the small one, like the, the was gonna be too small and i felt like that the normal size when i was like maybe this won't be enough i was like i i, I could see where i was gonna be like oh i'll want two or whatever so i was like i'll just get the giant one yeah right we'll see yeah no i, I could see that i can i can see how i might be super happy with you know how many buttons are on the giant one <sighs> i don't even know I think like, it's like 20 20 yeah i think it's 20 something um yeah i could see myself really like getting into that but also it would take so long to build the profile yeah that that's 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 the thing is that yeah it's it's um like it, it takes a lot to do that so sometimes you don't it, oh it's it's a it's 32 so oh, so yeah so it's like like yeah so i i don't use them all like can, it's one of those things you can buy ready-made 
like kits for like uh, DaVinci Resolve and Final mm -hmm. Cut. And uh, I couldn't find any for apps that I actually thought the Stream Deck would be useful for. Um, although I could use the DaVinci Resolve one. I think it, it didn't seem worth the money to me, but like that could save you some time. Have you used the Stream Deck software lately? Yes. Have you seen that they added a whole icon library and sound effect library? Yes. It's yes. Very and I haven't, cool. I ha it is very cool. And I haven't like gotten to the thing of like using it as a soundboard yet, but yeah. I, I was like, I was, I'm very excited to configure that. I, I did set up uh, some, some profiles for uh, soundboard stuff, but right now the way it's, I have my audio set up. I fucked something up and like, so I can do, I can hit my FX button and then hit a, yeah, <laughs> except, okay. So I thought that was broken, but I could actually hear that. Oh, okay. Awesome. Cause I heard that too. See, it works. Yeah. So anyway. Icons, though, I love because I used to always have to go to the Stream Deck website and use their little icon generator. Yes. To make just a stupid like microphone icon. Now there's a huge library of some pretty good icons. So, yeah. Anyway, what the? I see I have a bleep button. Except there's like I a mean... one second pause, so you can't actually live bleep anything with it. <laughs> they just redesigned the original stream deck and and as far as i can tell like they didn't actually change anything functionality wise they just like added like a different like uh faceplate option if you want to yeah, like, right custom customizable face like you have like three options but yeah which, which is cool <laughs> we'll make them and it like does look a little bit better but but i was i was kind of glad they didn't change anything functionality wise because i was like I have the XL. I don't want to get like a lesser thing, but at the same time, I'm like a sucker for anything shiny and new. So um, I, I, I'm glad I don't have to do that. But yeah, but they did just redesign it. And ironically, they came out with the Stream Deck Mark II the same day that the Steam Deck was announced. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, God damn it, Valve. Like, you know, it, it's hard enough. Like, and, and so I always, I'm, I'm going to, Forever, and I think I'm not alone in this. Is like everyone is going to be calling the Steam Deck the Stream Deck. Like it's just it's inevitable. It, it was an easy enough slip of the tongue to begin with. It was. It was. It was already like close enough, and then you're just like you're like Valve. Really, like I get why it's a good name, but it's so close to this yeah. other thing. Like, could you just have not? And and Valve was just well, like, especially yeah. considering their their markets definitely overlap yes i was going to say that's the thing is that like people who will be getting the steam deck like maybe that in of itself won't i mean i guess it'll be powerful enough to do some streaming from although like, like that's not going to be like its main thing but there are definitely people who will be streaming their steam deck right yeah. like that's not even a question like people will be configuring it with obs like i use mine i have I have some um, people's things that I found, like pre-configured OBS stuff, which is really useful. And then, you know, customize some of the, the macros and whatnot. Like, you know, it, it'll, it'll be very useful for, like, you'll be, you know, it's very useful for that. But like, yeah, people will definitely have it over up. I'm like, really? Come on, Valve. Because um, it, it's not as if, again, like, at this, it, this way, it's so interesting. Elgato, we've talked about this before. You know, they were like this European, like, Mac 
hardware and, and software maker, right? They made like the ITV software, like they were like a Mac company. And then they went hard into the streaming space and sold to Corsair. Yeah. And now they are like, their brand and they are incredibly good at it. And I've given them so much money, which is why I was mad that they were, um, that their uh, support wasn't great with you, although you ended up, it ended up working out. Um, I've, I, but I've like given them so much money, but they like, they literally make like all the best higher end streaming gear. Like that is their thing. And it's, it's just, it's really funny. Okay. They've just so- become like, those people. I want to come back to OBS in a second. But yeah. I also remember I was excited that I got the face cam from Elgato. Yes. It it crashes my computer. Like Fuck. it didn't happen until the first time I used it in a Zoom call. And <sighs> it was about 10 minutes into the Zoom call, I went to click my trackpad and you know how the magic trackpad is uh what's it like tactile uh yes like if it doesn't have power it doesn't click like right. there's there's no physical movement to it and all of a sudden exactly because it's yeah i it's, couldn't it's, click and there was still audio like i could still hear things but i couldn't click and then about 10 seconds later my computer just shut down so i i reboot i get back on the zoom call i make it through to the end of the meeting and then as i go to hit the leave meeting button no click again and it, the computer reboots it took me a while to pinpoint that it was the face cam but i am 99% sure but since unplugging the face cam and going back to my logitech it hasn't my computer hasn't crashed once so i should open a support ticket or or ask for a refund but as of right now, I am not using the face cam anymore. Yeah, you definitely need to open a support ticket and or ask for a refund. Make sure that you, you know, do that. Um, it's interesting because uh, if that one, for whatever reason, doesn't work, Logitech did just come out with a 4K camera um, that is similar, I believe, that also doesn't have like a microphone on it. The real, um, the selling point, the reason I wanted this camera is that you can store Zoom settings in the hardware nice so like with my like i think i talked about this but with the the green screen that goes on the back of my chair my 1080p logitech camera gets too wide and you can see beyond the edge of the green screen so all i wanted to do was zoom it in about 10 percent, cut out the edges and i had been doing it with uh webcam settings the app and that has to be running and sometimes zoom like overrides it and like in the middle of a meeting all of a sudden right. like my green screen will break so I, I just wanted to i wanted to be able to save the setting into the hardware that was the only reason the face cam was better than this pretty cool logitech camera i have so if the, right if, so, so if the it whole reason work, yes yeah, so if that doesn't work then you don't yeah i mean honestly yeah so that's that's the whole reason you wanted it so yeah that's um and that part okay. does work well um, it loses it. It's zoom is extra fuzzy. Like you zoom it even in like 5% and everything, uh, gets blurry, which kind of sucks. But anyway, anyway, oh, so OBS and then we'll take a sponsor break. Cause Jesus, we're already halfway in actually <laughs> let's do a sponsor break first. Yes. Uh, we're super happy to have upstart as a sponsor again this week. If you dread looking at your credit card statements, you're not alone. Debt can feel crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. 
Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get simple fixed monthly payments. I personally used Upstart to get myself out of credit card debt. Uh, I accrued it over some financial rough times. It wasn't smart to dig myself that hole, but thanks to Upstart, I have a chance to dig myself back out. Uh, I got an Upstart loan a few months ago, wiped out my credit card debt completely, and have been making just fixed monthly payments and watching my debt disappear. Uh, And my credit score is back to excellent now. Um, With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. I got approved the same day that I applied and I had money a day later. Uh, so now my credit cards are, pay off, are paid off. I'll be debt-free in five years and I'm saving over $6,000 on what I would have paid in interest uh, to the credit card companies uh, over, over the time it would have taken me to pay that down. So find out how Upsert can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upsert.com slash overtired. That's Upsert dot com slash overtired don't forget to use our url so they know that we sent you Uh, loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application go to upstart.com slash overtired thanks upstart excellent yeah so uh we did that uh that hands-on lab uh oracle last week and uh we ran into this issue where the zoom recording was basically shit quality. And I suggested maybe we should use OBS and, Mm -hmm. and record like screens directly instead of going through, like it wasn't zoom, like the cloud record, which is whole, that is awful. Right. Uh, That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But it was like a local record, but the, the, the quality was terrible. Um, and, uh, my, one of my managers said that OBS always crashed her PC. She had tried it once. Uh, she liked the promise of it, but that she found it impractical. And I can understand, like, you don't want your machine to crash in the middle of a live presentation, uh, you know, to uh, like a webinar. But yes, like, I think you could, you could work out those bugs ahead of time. It would be so nice to like be able to use OBS for that kind of thing. Plus you could have like lower thirds and uh, title sequences. It could be, I, I, I no, want to get great. that working. Yeah, no, I think you, sh- you should definitely uh, look into that. And and because I think you could totally make it work. It is a challenge in terms of making sure people can have their machines configured and whatnot if they need to record it on their end. But if you can have somebody who ideally is even like tasked with, we are the person who is going to be the, you know, like recorder slash streamer um you could definitely make that work i put a link in our show notes this is an option it's not as robust as obs obviously but it works in the web browser and it's very good and it allows for a role of someone to be the producer who can load in things like pre-roll you can add in lower thirds you can do other stuff and then what's nice about it is that for the attendees and stuff like they just join it. You can still even broadcast this, you know, to something like a like a Zoom output or or something else. Oh, cool. and it's called StreamYard, um, and um, we use it um, um, at, at Microsoft a lot. Um, their uh, their pricing is is really 
good. Like, actually, it was difficult. Uh, I think the whole reason they even have an enterprise thing at this point or business thing is because we kind of forced them to, um, like, have a way that we could, like, bill for it and and have some of like the the i guess requirements that were needed because the individual subscription stuff is, is actually really inexpensive but i would say if obs is not a solution then um uh, yeah, i this would might be awesome look at it because it's it's not it, i think it's like it's like um twenty dollars a month for, the, for basic uh plan um uh, forty dollars a month for for the professional, uh, what we typically do uh, is like we we only pay for I think like a handful of seats, and then you know people kind of share it. But the thing is, is that like you can invite like guests yeah. who don't need to have an account at all, and and they can just you know use Streamyard, and then you can use it to broadcast and record and stuff. And it's actually really good. So. Cool. OBS is awesome, and uh, I actually give twenty dollars a month to the lead developer on Patreon. Yeah, um, because I, I think that it's such a good program and and such an important thing. But uh, but Streamyard is a really good browser based thing for those situations where you know you can't rely on on people to be able to configure OBS on their end and whatnot because it is a lot. So I um b- like paying for software is uh not a problem i was told by one of my managers that the manager who controls budget requests that we needed to make more budget requests uh yes that that they have a budget to spend and we need to look like we're spending i probably shouldn't be saying this out loud this is like how the sausage is made but no but that's how most businesses work right like you if you don't spend your money you will not get it the next year right and so uh, I think I mentioned a while back that I was going to order a bunch of video equipment because I was going to become yeah. a, an on-air personality for Oracle. Yes, um, I had been I had been dragging my feet on it. Just I don't know why, um, but there wasn't an, an we weren't ready to start that program yet, so I wasn't rushing. But so I'm speaking at Virtual Max Stock this year. Um, Yay again! And I, I wasn't sure I was going to do it, and then Mike said. Oh, you, so you can, can talk. Pre- you're going to talk about bunch, right? Yeah, you can present on one of your products. So I'm totally in. I wrote the whole presentation already, recorded all the screencasts, and then I was like, um, I I need to, I need a talking head on this. Like, no one wants to watch a screencast for 20 minutes. Uh, at least I wouldn't. Um, so I went ahead and I ordered all my fancy new equipment, and it's showing up piecemeal. But the first thing I got in the mail was a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. And it attaches to the lens of the camera. And then you stick your iPhone in it. And there's an app that it scrolls on the iPhone. Then there's a mirror. So you, you basically you're looking directly at the camera lens while you're reading. Right. And it's like yeah. 99 bucks. It's really cool. I should... It- yeah, share which one you got because I need a teleprompter. I have an iPad app uh, that I use, and there's a Mac app for it too. Actually, um, it's Teleprompter Plus Plus. Yeah, it, I have that, and I'll uh, probably actually use Teleprompter Plus Plus with it's it's called the Padcaster Padcaster Teleprompter Parrot Teleprompter. Um, I'll, their app kind of sucks. Like, there's no way to import scripts. You have to write yeah. them or paste them in the app. 
Um, so I would, I'm probably going to use like a more robust teleprompter app because the only part that really matters is the mirror. Right. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Cause yeah, cause I've been looking, I need to, well, I, and when I kind of formalize my setup, like I need to, cause I've, I've, um, I, I need to set up like my actual teleprompter kind of setup thing, but I, um, yeah, I, uh, so, so thanks for, uh, Linking that to the pad, uh, podcaster, um, yeah, teleprompter, teleprompter premium. I have to say that app is great. I've used it for years um, in our studio at Microsoft with our like, you know, professional teleprompter. But rather than using, you know, or I guess professional mirror setup, because like rather than using like a you know traditional teleprompter, like we just like I put the iPad there and um and then the mirror is is set up and, and it does what it needs to do and so i've used it for years with that because you could import stuff from dropbox or from other sources and you can control it with your apple watch or whatever but what i um love about it and i will give them a shout out for this because i used this i guess in may when i was recording a video for uh, a webinar that i wasn't really a part of but i was just doing the intro for and they wanted something where like i was on site of where we have traditionally held the build conference, but you know we we are having to do it virtual again. And so I was at the Washington State Convention Center, kind of in the background, and then just kind of giving an intro and saying, "Hey, you know, we can't wait to be back in person again. This is where I am. I have so many good memories. We've got so much good stuff for you today. You know, whatever." And so I I wrote in. You know, there were some talking points and scripts, and so I was having to shoot this myself like on my camera, like on my phone. Um, and and I was kind of concerned because I was like, okay, I can memorize this, but I want it to be kind of extemporaneous. I want it to be crisp. I don't want to go on too long. Also, I'm having to shoot this myself and I need to get this, you know, to this to this team to do. So what can I do? Uh, what turns out that the teleprompter app now has an option, like if you're using it with an iPhone where you can record in the app and it will basically use the front-facing camera and you can read off of the teleprompter oh, nice. on your phone while you're recording and you can still record high quality. So that was amazing because it really did make it in terms of like a kind of a, okay, if you need to do like a, a vlogger style thing, like this is actually a yeah. solution because the front facing camera at this point is good enough. It is. Especially yeah. for, I mean, it, it's very good. Like honestly, like the rear facing camera is obviously better, but the front facing camera is very good, especially for the purposes of what we were doing, that just being able to read off of that, I was like, okay, yeah, this this is awesome. So we have a link for that app, but it's, um, I've used a bunch of different teleprompter apps over the years. I do have to say like teleprompter premium, I think is like my favorite. There are probably other good ones too, but I, I do appreciate that, um, like that initially, I think the thing that kind of brought me into it was the Apple Watch control because when I'm in oh, our main studio, yeah, because when I'm in our main studio, rather like if it's going too fast or too slow, or I fuck something up, before we had that set up, like how it worked is that somebody else would have to come in and be like, wait, 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 you know, stop, like go back, and then I have to start again because you're not able, like with a real teleprompter in a studio, how it works is that there's a remote control kind of thing. So like in a broadcast studio, like on CNN or 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 whatever. How that works is that you have someone who's actually running it is how that works. So you have someone who's actually, they fed it into their prompter software yeah. 
and then they are actually running it and then they are controlling the flow. So like when I'm doing stuff at, uh, for, for our big events, for instance, um, like when I did the, the Windows 11 launch or when I do Ignite or, or Build or whatever, there is an actual teleprompter operator and I'm looking into, you know, these, you know, probably 10, $15,000 plus like, uh, you know, uh, professional, like, uh, you know, uh, studio cameras and, and whatnot, because it is like a full on production studio. It is like a television quality production studio. And they're controlling the flow. They're controlling the spacing. They can make the updates in real time, whatever. It's great. Um, when I'm in the Channel 9 studio, like, again, we have some really nice cameras and we have some really nice equipment and setup and green screens and stuff. And it's way more high end than a lot of, you know, people's setups. It's it's probably, it's very similar to the kind of the quality that we had at like Mashable or, and it's better than what we had at Gizmodo or whatever. But we don't have that. So we have somebody who's out in the control room who's controlling the audio, but I'm using an iPad, so I can't control what I'm reading. Yeah, right. When you have the i uh, the Apple Watch app, that's brilliant because you can use the crown no to way. go back and stop. Yes. Can can you control speed with the yes. watch? Oh my god! Yes. Yes, I need that. Uh, so it's brilliant. So if you fuck up, you can pause, you can control speed. Like it's just, it's so good. Well, so especially for this, because the phone is mounted in the teleprompter. Exactly. So exactly. getting so to the controls is a pain in the ass. That's what I'm saying. Like, and they yeah, sell exactly. a hardware remote for it, but I have an Apple watch. Right. That's the thing. So yeah. So teleprompter premium. I'm a huge fan of that. Awesome. Um, so yeah, Ooh, that's, want- that's, you want to hear about the crazy, uh, like screencasting teleprompter setup I made? Yes, I do. Um, so I, I, I brainstorm my, every, every, my blog post, my screencast, my presentation, I do it all in mind maps and, uh, I do it with I thoughts. And what I do is brainstorm all the topics I need to cover, organize them, create subtopics. And then in the final topics. I go in and on the notes for each node, I write out the script for that topic. And uh, I have built iThoughts support into Marked. So I can drag the iThoughts map into Marked uh, and I have a teleprompter uh, theme for Marked that uses Mark's auto scroll to actually make a teleprompter on screen. So then I can edit my teleprompter script live in a mind map, hit save on it, and my teleprompter updates and scrolls to the part I'm editing. And then I can, uh, I can t- go back and forth and record my screencast piece by piece uh, with, a, with full teleprompter support. It, it, you have to have two displays to do that. But right. it's, it's pretty cool going from, from mind map to screencast. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's fun. I'm a nerd. That's awesome. You no, knew, I know. I love that. this. I knew that. I mean, that's why this show exists. No, this is what's fun. And I'm really glad you're having, I'm glad you're being forced to be like an on-camera personality and stuff because I love to geek out about this. And like, this is the sort of thing where I have to stop myself sometimes from wanting to over-engineer the production process because that is what engineers do is we overcomplicate things. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, there's a reason that things exist and that like production workflow works the way that it does. And I see this happen all the time with uh, people that I work with who don't have any production experience and and they go too far in like wanting to automate and make everything run great and like be the producers and and not thinking about the content or some of the other stuff, which is honestly more important. Um, but 
I'm so excited you're getting into this because you are the way that I am about like wanting to nerd out and, and over engineer with it, but then you go to the next level. So <laughs> I'm I'm excited for like the stupid stuff that you're gonna come up with that's just gonna make my life easier. So I'm excited about that. Um, I have no segue for this, but do you want to do a hello fresh read? I was going to say, I was about to, I was trying to think about it, but, uh, speaking of, I guess, uh, we're both kind of hungry, I guess. I'm, at least <laughs> I go. am. This episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. So you can skip trips to the grocery store and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, from vegetarian meals and calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Now, Brett, I know that you love HelloFresh. I really do, totally. Um, I get my home-cooked vegetarian meals to feed me all week and they only take about 30 minutes to cook and I never have to go grocery shopping or plan meals ahead, which is like my least favorite thing. Uh, I just log in to HelloFresh a week before. They have an app on the iPhone. I pick the meals out of the menu that look the most delicious to me and boom, meal planning and grocery shopping done in five minutes or less. And and I I, I eat better now than I have in a long time. So the fall harvest is officially on with HelloFresh. Count on seasonal recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls and Friendsgiving ready uh, sides, as well as fresh, high-quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Overtired14 and use the code Overtired14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. There's a reason that HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, and you can find out why and get up to 14 free meals with free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Overtired14 and use that promo code Overtired14. Did I tell you about the super embarrassing thing that happened with a sponsor read two weeks ago? You didn't. So I had... I had like fumbled my way through one of the sponsor reads and had put in a bunch of like when I edit with uh, Descript. So right. So, any, so, so you like can read. Right. Your, and I, your edit I say the word edit and then I can just search the text for edit and I know where the edits need to be, uh, right. which, which is a good tip. Anytime that uh, you have a, a replacement co-host and you need to edit something, just say the word edit and and I'll totally find it. But anyway. I had done that and I had done all the edits and it sounded great. And then something weird happened in Descript where my audio track got like maybe 10 seconds ahead of yours. And so I went back in and I realigned the two tracks in the composition and everything sounded fine, but I didn't go back and see what happened with those edits. Oh, so no. in the version I published, when it got to that sponsor read, it like would like cut at this weird point, And then you'd hear me go edit. And then I'd start again and sell, and then it would cut. And then it, so like the whole, and that was the only place in the, in the episode that I had done edits. So for a whole day, the overtired episode that was out there had a completely butchered ad read. 
Uh, I deleted oh, no. I deleted it from our RSS feed and put up a fixed version the next day. Um, I only heard from a couple people about it. Uh, so people were either very forgiving or no one listens to our podcast on the day it comes out. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was embarrassing. Uh, I uh, 100% blame Descript. That was a, a bug on their part. Got to put the blame somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you definitely got to put the blame somewhere. Definitely, definitely Descript's fault. No, uh, thank you, Descript, for making a really good service that uh, <laughs> that uh, has that, an API and everything. That one time, one time it fucked me. But overall, I would never go back to editing podcasts without Descript. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that it's, uh, um, I'm glad like a service like that exists and that, uh, and the pricing is actually for, for their transcripts is like actually really good. So again, this is, they don't sponsor us. They should, but. Uh, they, they really should. They're, a couple of their competitors have sent me like uh, free trials, uh, given me like pro accounts, try out our, our version of this uh, concept and none of them have come close to uh to descript as far as features and capabilities go it's it's the best i should probably put it in the show notes yeah you should yeah i feel like we've talked about it enough to deserve a link yeah i have to say they do have a really good uh url like they have like i don't know what they had to pay for that but right a bit like i'm 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 happy for them descript.com yep yeah um all right well let's see nope i'm out of time this 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 is did we fit an hour's worth then i think we did i think we did we didn't really get a lot of pop culture in but i think next week we're gonna have like some really good pop culture talk oh for sure so so i think that we're good so christine and i talked before the show and we have decided to start on occasion bringing on guests again uh longtime listeners may recall a certain episode uh with some some certain music no no one's blaming you it's fine um, like we're, we're all good. Uh, it didn't go well and we kind of stopped having guests after that. Yeah. Uh, I, I had an idea for, for people who don't know of inviting, like there was something that I, that was extremely online that I found under entertaining and interesting. And I invited these two people from New York on our podcast and, uh, uh, yeah, it did not go well. So, um, uh, was, I don't think it was cringy. It was really cringy. I don't think they had any idea that it, didn't go well uh but but we knew <laughs> that's because they're terrible people they are terrible people 100 percent um so and 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 I, I i bet i doubt either of them even remembers doing the podcast so i don't feel bad saying this so yeah so we stopped having guests uh other than like we you know obviously guest hosted with uh, ashley Esqueda um twice because she's awesome but we are going to be bringing guests in um vetted at this point but uh and i'm just gonna wing this on you here Brett. i know you have some people that you want to bring on and i have some people i'd like to i would be interested in hearing from the community if there are people like that they would be interested in us talking to yeah people who can nerd out about kind of overtired-esque topics and who also have a good recording setup prerequisite you have to own at least a decent microphone and have yes. recorded one podcast before in your life, yours or somebody else's. Yes. You got you to gotta be a pro to be on Overtired. We have standards. Yeah, I mean, standards. We, we do have standards, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Christina, we're both tired. Get some sleep. Get some sleep, Brett.